the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The wind and the waves recognized their creator and immediately submitted to their creator and obeyed their creator. Listen, all of creation submits to the authority of Jesus Christ except for one part of creation, mankind. Man is the only part of God's creation that does not submit to him. Man is the only part of God's creation that rebels against God's authority. When we hear the story of Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem a week before his arrest, we don't usually spend a lot of time thinking about the donkey he rode in on. But as Pastor Dan will explain in today's message, this donkey, while fulfilling an element of prophecy, also demonstrated something for us. It demonstrated submission. It was an untrained animal, not used to being ridden, and it wouldn't have been familiar with Jesus, yet it submitted to him, just as all of creation does. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 12 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. off in verse 12 of John chapter 12. It says, The next day a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and they went out to meet him. And they cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it. As it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. And his disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of his tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness For this reason, the people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign. And then the Pharisees, therefore, said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Well, chapter 12 begins the final week of Jesus's life and ministry here on the earth. Uh, I pointed out last week that almost half of the Gospel of John focuses just on this final week of his life. Uh, And it culminates with 
Jesus' death on the cross for our sins, his burial, and his resurrection from the dead the third day. And this is the whole reason Jesus came. Jesus came to die. This is the whole purpose of his coming. This is why he left heaven. This is why he became a man. This is why he took on human flesh. This is why he lived on the earth. Everything in his life has been pointing to this week, this Passion Week, where he, where he will give himself as a sacrifice, as an offering for us, and die in our place as our substitute, and receive the punishment that you and I deserve for the things that we've done wrong, for the sins that we've committed. And he does that so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be reconciled to God and have a relationship with God. And this final week begins with what the church calls Palm Sunday. And that name's not really found anywhere in, in the Bible, but it's something that the church has, has coined for this, for this day, Palm Sunday. Uh, Palm Sunday is the day when Jesus came into Jerusalem for the final time. It's when he made his triumphal entry into the city. Uh, Palm Sunday is described in all four Gospels, which shows us the, the significance of this event. If God repeats something four times, it's important. Uh, and it's significant uh, because this day, Palm Sunday... This is the day that Jesus publicly presented himself as the king of Israel and as the Messiah. He hasn't done this before in his ministry. This is the day where he publicly presents himself as king and Messiah. He's never allowed himself to be publicly acknowledged or presented as, as king. If you think about it. Uh, we read in the Gospels often when he would heal somebody or work a miracle, he would then say, don't tell anybody about it, right? Don't say anything. Just keep it to yourself. Uh, in John chapter 6, uh, we're told that the crowd wanted to take Jesus by force and make him king. And Jesus slipped away from the crowd. He, he didn't want to be made king at that point in his life and in his ministry. The time had not yet come for him to be king. But Palm Sunday is different. Now Jesus very clearly here declares that he is the king of Israel and their awaited Messiah. And the crowd clearly understands his message that he's communicating. They clearly understand what he is declaring by the way that he enters in to Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday. Now, before we dig into the text... I want to give you just a few background facts to help set the scene for this day. Uh, some of these things I've shared with you before, but I think they're, they're worth repeating. Uh, first of all, uh, there was a choir uh, that sang at the temple in Jerusalem, and they sang constantly around the clock every day so that there was always worship at the temple no matter when you went to the temple. On Sundays, on Sundays, this is Palm Sunday, on Sunday, they always sang the same song. Uh, they sang Easy Like Sunday Morning by the Commodores. You know, Commodores are really that old. You'd be surprised. But no, they, they sang Psalm 24. Every Sunday, they sang Psalm 24 in the temple. Psalm 24 is all about the king of Israel coming to Jerusalem. 
And so that is, that's the background music. That's the theme song to this day. And I just want to read a couple verses for you out of Psalm 24. Uh, just so you can, you can hear the words here. As in, and picture Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey on this day. And this is, this is the music that's playing. Uh, Psalm 24, verse 7. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up your everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. That's what's being sung. That's, that's the background music to this whole day as Jesus rides into Jerusalem as the King of Israel. So that, that's, that's the first thing. Very amazing. That's what the choir is saying. Second thing, John mentions that Jesus entered the city riding on a young donkey in verse 14. The other Gospels tell us how Jesus acquired this donkey. If you remember, he sent two disciples into a village there on the Mount of Olives, and he told them, when you go in the village, you'll find a donkey tied up in the street. And they went into the village, and sure enough, they found a donkey tied up in the street Uh, Luke's gospel tells us one interesting detail. Luke tells us that no man had ever sat on the donkey. The donkey has never been ridden before. The donkey is is unbroken. Now, now I don't don't know much about donkeys, to be honest with you. But normally, a donkey must be trained to accept a rider on its back. A donkey needs to be broken. You You can't just hop on and go. But this donkey on Palm Sunday was immediately submitted to Jesus Christ. This donkey recognized its creator and submitted to him. You know, we saw earlier in the Gospel of John when Jesus was uh, with his disciples in a boat on the Sea of Galilee and a storm came and Jesus stood up and he calmed the storm and the wind and the waves immediately obeyed him. The wind and the waves recognized their creator and immediately submitted to their creator and obeyed their creator. Listen, all of creation submits to the authority of Jesus Christ, except for one part of creation, mankind. Man is the only part of God's creation that does not submit to him. Man is the only part of God's creation that rebels against God's authority and, and, and rejects God's authority and says, I don't want this man ruling over me. I want to rule myself. You know, one of the marks of a Christian, one of the marks of a Christian is that a Christian willingly submits to the authority of Jesus Christ and willingly submits to the authority of God's word. A Christian obeys Jesus. A Christian obeys the Lord. You know, Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross daily and then come follow me. Jesus said, my followers, they have to first deny themselves, deny self, deny their self-will. They have to take up their cross daily. They have to put self to death daily and then then they can follow me. Then they can be my disciple. 
And that's what a Christian does. A real Christian, a true Christian is submitted to the authority of Jesus Christ and the authority of his word. And they put themselves willingly under that authority, just like the rest of creation. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. The third thing I want to point out here, some background information for you, is Jesus entered Jerusalem on the 10th day of the month of Nisan in the Jerusalem in the uh, Jewish calendar. The 10th day of the month of, of Nisan. Now, why is that date significant? It's significant because according to the law of Moses, during the Passover celebration, it was on the 10th day of Nisan that the lambs were selected for sacrifice. And this is the day that Jesus comes into Jerusalem. And I, I want to share it with you. If you want to turn back with me to Exodus chapter 12 uh, so we can look at these verses together. Exodus chapter 12, verse 2. The Lord says here in verse 2, This month, Nisan, shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And so the lamb is selected on the tenth day of the month. This is the same day that Jesus rides into Jerusalem. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need. You shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorposts and on the lentil of the houses where they eat. And so we see here that the lamb for the Passover sacrifice was selected on the 10th day of the month. It was kept in the house until the 14th day of the month, for four days, long enough for your kids to get attached to it. You laugh, but the purpose is to make it significant. So that it's impactful to the family. The kids want to keep it as a pet. Dad's going to take it out in the backyard and slaughter it. And it's, it's meant to impact the family, the effect of sin. So you keep it until the 14th day of the month and then it was sacrificed and then the blood was applied to the doorpost. Picture a door, a door frame 
Elsewhere, it talks about putting some of the blood in the basin at the bottom of the door where the threshold is. So you'd have blood at the bottom of the door on the two side doorposts and then on the lintel at the top. And so you have blood in a cross on the door for the Passover lamb. Uh, and again, uh, it says the lamb must be spotless. It must be without blemish. Um, and so they kept the lamb for four days in part to inspect it, to make sure that it was without spot and without blemish. And again, Jesus enters into Jerusalem on the 10th of Nisan, the day that the lambs were selected for sacrifice. And then for the next four days, he is inspected by the priest through a series of conversations and questions that they're going to ask him over the next four days while he's in Jerusalem. They're going to, they're going to question his doctrine, his teaching. They're looking for a flaw. And by the end of it, they find no faults in him. They find no blemish. They find no flaws in his doctrine, in his teaching. He's without spot. He's without blemish. And then on the 14th of the month, he's arrested. And he's crucified. He's sacrificed as the Lamb of God. To take away the sins of the world. It's all, it all fits perfectly with the Passover feast. Now, while you're still in Exodus 12, I want you to look down at verse 12 before we go back to John. Here's what the Lord says. After they sacrificed the lamb on the 14th, on the evening of the 14th, and then they apply the blood to the doorpost, verse 12, the Lord says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood, look what it says, verse 13. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. The Lord says, I'm going to look for the blood of the lamb applied to the doorpost. And when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's where we get the term Passover. So I understand here, God is looking for the blood applied. And that's all that he's looking for. And anyone who has applied the blood to the doorpost of their house God will pass over that house. Judgment will pass over that house. Those who apply the blood of the lamb to the doorpost, they lived. Those who did not apply the blood of the lamb to their doorpost died. And the only difference between the two is the blood. The blood. When God looks at you and he looks at me, what he's looking for is the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our sins. Have you applied the blood of Jesus Christ to your sins? That's, what's God, that's what he's looking for. Just the blood. Have you applied the blood of Jesus Christ to your sins? He's looking for the blood of the Lamb. He's not looking for how good you are or how often you go to church or your credit score or anything else. He doesn't care about that. He's just looking for the blood. Has the blood been applied to your sin? That's it. And if the blood has been applied to your sin, 
You'll be saved from God's judgment. If you haven't applied the blood of Jesus Christ to your sin by faith, then you're not going to be saved from judgment. You're under God's judgment. In fact, it says in John's gospel, you are under the wrath of God currently in your life. So now let's go back to John chapter 12 and let's get into the text of what it says, right? Let's dig in. John chapter 12, verse 12 says, the next day, the next day after what? Well, remember last week, Jesus was at a supper at the house of Simon the leper in the town of Bethany, just over the Mount of Olives, about two miles away from Jerusalem. That apparently was where he was staying on his way to Jerusalem. And while he was in Jerusalem, so now it's the next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast. When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and they went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Now, historians estimate that between two million and two and a half million people attended the Passover feast in Jerusalem at this time. You know, they they base that number on uh, the number of lambs that were sacrificed. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't count the number of people that came. They counted the number of lambs that were sacrificed. So they know there were 256,000 lambs that were sacrificed for the Passover each year at this time. And each lamb represented 10 people. So 2 million to 2.5 million people attended the feast in Jerusalem at this time. So in verse 12, when it says a great multitude came to the feast. We're talking about a couple million people that made the pilgrimage. And understand, there's no Hampton Inns, there's no Holiday Inns, there's no Airbnbs in Jerusalem at this time. People would just camp out wherever they found the plot of ground to pitch a tent. Some people that lived in Jerusalem and around Jerusalem opened up their home and took some of the pilgrims in as guests, sort of like Simon the leper, and Mary and Martha and Lazarus took people into their home, uh, and they just, they just kept them in their home for the week, opened their home to them, hospitality for the week. And notice what it says in verse 13. It says that the, the crowd of people, they took branches of palm trees, uh, and they went out to meet him. When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they went out to meet him. They went out of where? They went out of Jerusalem. They went out of the temple. They, they left the feast. They left the celebration in Jerusalem. And they went out to the Mount of Olives to meet Jesus as he was riding down the Mount of Olives towards the city. And I, and I want you to try to imagine this scene and what this must have been like where you have hundreds of thousands of people jammed into the city of Jerusalem Maybe up to 100,000 people jammed into the courts of the temple there in Jerusalem. There's this buzz all over the city about Jesus. Everybody's talking about Jesus. If you remember back in chapter 11, if you just look back a page at the end of chapter 11, the people in verse 56 were asking, you know, will Jesus come to the feast or not? Do you think he'll come to the feast or is he going to stay away from Jerusalem? Verse 57 says, because the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a command that if anyone knew where he was, 
it should be reported that they might seize him. So the, the religious leaders have made it known they're looking to arrest Jesus. They want to take him into custody. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. If you missed any part of today's message or would like to hear more of Pastor Dan's teachings from 1 John, you can do so right now at calvaryec.com. Just click on media. In fact, there's an entire library of Pastor Dan's messages that you're welcome to listen to and even share with friends and family. Would you do us a favor? Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Pray too for your brothers and sisters in Christ listening along with you that they would be protected from the enemy and that the truth and blessing of Scripture would fuel their passion for following the Lord. Thank you for taking the time to pray. Though our time with you is at an end for today, we'd like to encourage you not to shut your Bible just yet. Continue reading in the book of 1 John or take some time to explore any of the other 65 books in God's Word. Each one reveals new aspects of your relationship with your Creator and will open your eyes to His purpose and plans for this world and for you. We pray you are blessed richly as you continue an extended time of learning from Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today, and join us next time for another edition of Ring of Truth.